Hi, and welcome to a brand new episode of The Art of Customer Service brought to you by Digital Compact. As you've already seen in the last episode, this format is now in English. So the same great content, the same topics around customer service, just in your language. So let's start. My name is Eric von Müller. I'm your host on this show, a former canoeing world champion, father of three and founder of SolveMate, a leading platform for customer service automation. Our service automation platform powered by Conversational AI allows companies to deliver quality customer service faster. As you know, on the art of customer service, I talk with experts about what makes good customer service, which tools and practices are relevant, which new technologies are available in the customer service area and many other exciting topics around great service experience. Before we start, if you like this podcast, please give it a five-star review on the podcast streaming of your choice. I'm happy you support us with that. So, Today's episode, without further ado, when this show airs, it's going to be nearly a year since the first lockdown started. So we're going to do it one year remote work, learnings in remote customer service. As you have heard, and I hope you are a long-term hero of this show, we've had an episode about remote customer service in the first lockdown, which was in spring 2020. So now we take all the learnings from a year, how remote work has changed the way we work, how to supervise a remote team, how to make sure customer service teams stay engaged in a remote environment. For this purpose, I have invited Julien Rio, certified customer experience professional and senior director marketing for Central Europe from Ring Central. Welcome to the show, Julian. Happy to have you here and please introduce yourself. Who are you and why are you an expert on this topic? Well, first, thank you so much for the invite. Yes. I'm really, really glad to be here, especially that, as you mentioned, that's quite a special event because one year anniversary of the pandemic is not the most positive event ever, but that's an important one, a major milestone for every company and every consumer around the world, I guess, because a lot of things have changed in the past year. As a quick word of intro, so as you said, beautifully because you've managed to pronounce my name in French as it should be. My name is Julien Rio and I am Senior Director of Marketing for Ring Central. I have actually been with Ring Central for over three years now and I've been able to observe how companies interact with their customers. I've been able to see across regions because the beauty of my job is that I've worked with companies pretty much everywhere in the world from the US to Asia to Middle East to Africa to Europe obviously and I've been able to witness how companies interact and engage with, with their customers before the pandemic and during the pandemic. I've spent about 10 years of my life actually living in Hong Kong. I spent a lot of time in Asia, in Taiwan, in Singapore, in Thailand, in China, obviously. And I've been able to witness all of this and how important customer experience is. And because I love this topic and because I feel really much involved in this world, after taking my certification for customer experience about a year ago in the middle of the pandemic, I've also decided to launch a new series to do some kind of self-therapy around everything happening in this CX world. And I've launched with a good friend of mine who is also in the same Ring Central world called Max Ball. I've launched a vlog, a web series called CX Therapy, where every week we hop on a virtual couch to try to, you know, to review a bad or sometimes a good customer experience that we've experienced recently, try to analyze it and see what things could have been done differently and how we could have been better. And my life now is really much CX, but the good thing is everyone lives in a CX world. You may or may not know it, but we are all very much living in a CX world. So that's a fantastic topic. And I'm really excited to be able to chat about this with you today. Awesome. 
So welcome Julia Rio. If you Google CX therapy on Twitter, for example, it's super fun to watch. I've watched some myself. So that's a nice thing. What he didn't say, he's also a book author. So he published a book called The Trade Show Chronicles, everything you need to succeed at exhibitions in a unique novel. If you look for The Trade Show Chronicles, you can also go on his website and order this book. So we got a book author, CX expert, a vlogger, and of course, someone working at Ring Central, knowing everything about customer service. As you know, Ring Central Digital Engage is a customer service platform for digital customers of engagement, if I said that correctly. That's perfect. Cool. So we wanted to talk about remote. Maybe a question to you. How has your work changed in the past year? And you probably haven't seen an office in the past 12 months from the inside. That's a very good point. As you mentioned, we are hitting the one year anniversary of the beginning of this pandemic. At Drink Central, we have been very careful because we care a lot about employees' health. So we've made sure that offices got into lockdown early on. If I remember correctly, I think that was on March 13 last year where we decided to shut down the office and we did not really reopen it since. But that was an easy thing for us to do because Ring Central is before anything else, a provider of digital communication. We are a company that were born in the cloud and therefore we have leading UCAS solution. You've talked about what we do for customer service and we'll get to that in a minute. But beside customer service, we are before anything else, a provider of what we call UCAS, Unified Communication. Mm -hmm. Therefore, we have our own solutions for team messaging, for cloud-based PBX, so phone solutions, and also for video conferencing. Therefore, we were all equipped to move into a remote world. And of course, Ring Central is using their own software for internal company communication, which is what I'm assuming. Of so course. <laughs> Central for me is like a Slack and a Microsoft Teams together, including like a customer service center. So you're empowering the whole company communication in the inside and the outside. So exactly. you said you were born in a cloud and you were using your own tool that you're producing. So you were perfectly suited to work just from a browser, right? Absolutely. I mean, if you're a long-term user of Ring Central, you probably don't use a browser. You like to have the app on your phone, on your computer, and so on. But the beauty of it is that it's browser-friendly. It uses WebRTC, which means that basically any customer you invite on a call without installing anything, not even any plugin or add-on, can directly jump into a video conference or a call and have a discussion with you. It hasn't been so difficult for us to move into a remote world because we had all the equipment we needed. And that was not like using a new equipment. Even when we were in the office, you know, we are such a big international company that we were already using these tools for, you know, I have an office in London, an office in San Francisco, another one in Denver, one in China, Xiamen, and so on. So we are already used to this kind of remote communication. Now we just do it from home. Now, that being said, like a lot of people around the world, working remote still has downsides, meaning that for some people being in a small flat or being with family, with young kids can be difficult. I mean, you know, separating personal and professional life can be difficult, but at least from a tools perspective, we were fully equipped. So it hasn't been that hard and the transition was very smooth. And I even remember just an anecdote here on March 13 in the morning, we were in the office of one of our top customer in France shooting a customer success video. They invited us to their office. We had the full video crew doing all the shooting interviews with the customer and so on. We finished the shooting around 12, 12.30. At 1 p.m., the French government decided there was a full lockdown and this customer's office shut down in the afternoon. We just had time to shoot that last marketing video of the year, which was still in Q1 last year. And that was the beginning of a new era that started for us. Very interesting that you talked about you have been equipped as a company to go remote. I remember from the episode from last year that there's a software and a hardware component. So software, I think it's pretty clear that on-premise installations are just the old school and the future is cloud and it's internet-based. So you can basically take 
any device, whether it's mobile, tablet, or PC, or like you can take any device, log in, super secure, authenticated, and use the cloud. I think that software part is pretty clear. And if I would be a customer service agent using Ring Central Digital Engage, I could just do it from wherever I am. From a hardware piece, have you seen changes in the hardware? How have you made that change as a company? Well, yes, we have seen changes. First, I do feel like you like the traditional on-prem is kind of old school traditional system. So, yeah, and so I made on. a very hard point here, <laughs> but I really believe <laughs> that on-premise is the past. It is. That being said, I do understand why customers, why many companies still have difficulty switching. And the reason is very simple. When you've spent millions of dollars setting up a full system in the underground of your company, it's very hard to cut the plug and say, hey, we send all this to waste and now we switch to a cloud system. That's one problem. The second problem is on-prem is very much a upfront investment while cloud is very much of a usage kind of investment. So you change completely the way that you manage your IT ecosystem. And last but not least, moving from on-prem to cloud mean changing integrations because now companies have so many different IT software and systems and so on, and your ecosystem has to be integrated. So once you've built everything on-prem and you want to move to the cloud, you have to reinvent yourself. So the switch can be difficult psychologically to tell yourself, I'm going to give up my original investment. I'm going to change the way I invest my money and I'm going to have to reintegrate everything. That's why it's so difficult for many companies to change. Now, once they have changed, they're actually very satisfied. You can interview 10 companies out of 10. You're always going to get people who are very satisfied. Once the change management has been done, once you have this painful period that can be painful sometimes, once you go through that, everything is usually much simpler, much easier. In terms of hardware, the beauty of it is companies no longer need to worry about this. That's really the provider that needs to worry about this kind of stuff. So the only thing that the end user need to focus on is when they choose their provider, they have to make sure that the provider is providing the full maintenance of the system, that they are regular updates, that the reliability or the availability of the software is top-notch. We often talk about the five nines. I don't know if everyone in the audience is familiar with this concept, but five nines means that 99.999% of the time the software is working because you sometimes have downtimes. That happens for every software. But are we talking about a few seconds every month or are you talking about a few hours every month? Right? Yeah. This is the kind of question you need to ask. And the hardware is just a problem of the past now. I want to repeat that sentence, like the hardware is a problem of the past. I think that's an interesting one to understand from the audience. What do you mean by that? I mean that now, I mean, there is still some hardware, obviously. If I take the example of a customer service agent, it still needs to have a computer, maybe a phone, maybe a headset. So there is still some hardware, obviously. The cloud is just a method that we're using to simplify and reduce the amount of hardware. So there's still some hardware. But at least from the software perspective, the customer no longer needs to worry about the hardware. He no longer needs to maintain a server. He no longer needs, and that is huge, to install the updates or the patch on his own server. He no longer needs to have wires and cables and have someone locally available 24-7 to get up in the middle of the night when the server is down to reboot it. You no longer need to have the air conditioning system to make sure your servers don't overheat. This no longer exists. It does exist on the provider side, right? So we as Ring Central, we do work with server companies. We do have some hardware, but from the customer perspective, that no longer exists and is purely in the cloud. And that is such a relief for someone in the IT department to know that someone else is in charge and is accountable for making sure that the software is working perfectly, always up to date. And if something goes wrong, is on the provider side to fix it and no longer on the customer side to figure it out. That is a huge revolution here. That really makes a difference in a remote world. So we at SolveMade, we also offer this reliability and this accountability for making sure our software works 
but the hardware for a customer service agent for any worker is interchangeable. So I'm so happy that if my PC is going out of business today, I can go to a store, I buy a new PC, it's a standard operating system, I open it, I open the browser, all my tools are there, it takes me an hour to install and set up and I'm ready to go. So I'm so happy that I'm relieved of the hardware and that is true for customer service agent. And what do customer service agents need? Probably I'm having a customer service agent set up here, I'm having a PC, I'm having two additional big monitors, I'm having a professional webcam, I'm having a professional microphone and a headset. That's what you need as a customer service agent. Now you might additionally need to have like a if you do video calls with clients, some customers do, you need to have a professional background. So that's something that I've seen from a hardware perspective, but that's a solved problem. You can just buy this hardware. There is like really good lighting and all these solutions. So setting up a professional workplace, you just need a room to be in. I think the physical background is something that I've seen more and more in professional work settings, but customer service teams mostly are not doing video. So I think that's a very minor problem, but audio? I mean, we just have an audio call and I could be a customer service agent sitting anywhere in the world or I could sit anywhere in the world. And that brings me to two questions. The one is, how do you think this separation of life and work because like I'm sitting in a room in our flat and we have three kids and in the afternoon they come home, which is a lot of distraction. So the separation of personal life. And the second thing is, do you think agents or offers will go back to the office one day if they were allowed to? Well, okay, very good questions. First, I think today we are still in a pandemic mode. Of course. So you have to work from home. Now, my vision, and I'm going to try to answer both questions at the same time because they're very much related. My vision for tomorrow is not work from home, is work from anywhere. Meaning me personally, I could go to the office, I could work from my home, but I could also, and I think I would enjoy having every now and then another remote work. Why wouldn't I work from the beach? Why wouldn't I work from somewhere in the mountains? Why wouldn't I just rent a house or rent a flat nearby my parents' place for months and work from there? I can, because all I need is, as you mentioned, a laptop, and an internet connection. If I have these two things, I can potentially work from anywhere, not just from my home, but from anywhere. Or it could also be a workspace of some sort in Paris, just so that I have my own quiet bubble where I can meet other people. It doesn't have to be in the office and it doesn't have to be from home. Why am I saying this? I'm saying this because this is incredibly important. You mentioned work-life balance. And for many people, especially when you have young children, especially when you have a large family, it can be difficult to work from home because your family is sharing the same space. And if you don't have a huge home, if you have a flat, it might be even more difficult because you need quiet space, you need your private environment. It can be tough. But this is not because of this new work from home habit. It is because of the pandemic that forces everyone to be in the same place during lockdown. The future to me is going to be different. It's going to be hybrid. And I think companies now realize that work from anywhere is actually really good for them. It's good because you probably need smaller office space that costs a lot of money. It's good because it forces you and your managers to be more empowering people. It's especially true in the contact center, but it's really true in every team. I mean, you need to empower people. You can't micromanage people when they are not next to you. So you have to empower them and people shine. They really get better when they are not micromanaged, when they can really express themselves and be empowered. And last but not least, it does give companies 
the ability to recruit talents versus convenience. Meaning that if I take the simple example of I would have a company in the center of Paris, in the old world, I needed to recruit people that would live in a 30 kilometers radius around Paris, right? Because they have to come to the office. So if they live in the south or if they are in the Netherlands or in Belgium, I can't recruit them because how would they come to the office every morning? That no longer exists. If I have someone who's super talented and live 500 kilometers away, I don't care. He can work remotely and I will care about talent versus geolocation. And that completely changes the rules of this old school game that is recruitment because now we can really have the perfect team if we no longer care about where they are actually uh, working from. Thank you, Julien. You are talking right out of my heart and I find it interesting that I have a guest that shares exactly the same mindset. I can share the first-hand experience we at SolveMate. We have decided to make remote work equal to office work mid of last year because the majority of people said even if the pandemic would be over and we would have this super great awesome office they also like to work from home and you just said something about work-life balance and about international talent and working from everywhere i think this is the right approach in the last half year we have following that decision hired someone from london we have hired someone from Spain, from Portugal, who's living in Lisbon and he's living two kilometers to the beach. And he's going surfing in the afternoon if he likes to. And it's very interesting to think about if you could live everywhere doing the same job, earning the same amount of money, you can not only save costs for housing in big cities, because we know that big metropolitan areas have high and soaring real estate prices and rent prices. So you can get more out of the money in the short term and you get international talent. So I totally agree to that. And I hope that this is like, not I hope, I'm very sure that this created a lot of value for colleagues, for employees, also for call center agents, because you can work from everywhere at home if you have a professional setup, which brings me to the point of a professional setup needs to be there anyways in an office. So it's an employer question of sending the right hardware and sending the right desks to someone to have an ergonomic workplace. But it's also about empowering. And that's what you said. You are part of something distributed and how to work with the distributed team. Do you need to monitor that distributed team more closely? You said something about empowering, but also if you're not physically meeting every second, how does the collaboration change? I will take the specific example of my team and myself, because uh, that's probably the example I would know the best right? And what we do, and obviously we had to learn it. I mean, it doesn't come naturally. It goes through a few trials and errors before you find the perfect recipe. But what we have in place is a mix of trust, empowerment, and regular checkup. Meaning that, first of all, everyone in my team has very clear objectives. They know what they need to do, and I don't care how they do it. I leave it to them to figure out, because they are experts in their own field. I don't have to tell them what to do, and I don't have to be on their back every second of the day to make sure they click the right button or they don't take too many toilets break. I really don't care how they do it. They know what they need to do, and they know they can get help. That is being empowered. And being empowered is also being allowed to make your own mistakes. And you can't make mistakes when you have a manager micromanaging you. So that's probably the upside of the pandemic. Now, empowerment is great. But that's not enough because you do have people who need more structure. You do have people who need more help. And you do have people who may suffer from, you know, being socially isolated from the rest of the company. So on top of that, what we have installed is a daily checkup, a 30 minutes call, everyone together, which could be business related if we have some hot topics or it could be completely casual. Just, you know, what have you done this weekend? What's your plan for tonight? What is your cat doing in the background? <laughs> Whatever that is, just to make sure that, you know, people are connected. We are a team. We're not just distributed workers, but we are really a team. So we need to 
keep that team spirit building. On top of that, we have regular team building events, games, dinners together virtually in front of your camera. That's probably not as great as being in restaurant, but that's better than nothing at all. So we've built all this and we managed to find a system where, you know, we have a distributed team with people all around the country or other countries as well. And it just worked beautifully because we all get the best out of it. Me as a manager, I get the best outcome they get the freedom they need to make their own decision and still we are connected together. And that works super well. And I believe that can be applied to any team around the world. Every team has their own dynamic, but you just need to find the right recipe to make it work. Empowerment, trust, and team building are probably keys to making this work efficiently. That was a very good summary. <laughs> Thank you for that, first of all. I really like hearing that to the end. <laughs> I would now be direct and say, well, work is also about humans and work is about working with humans, especially in customer service teams. I've visited a lot of call centers. You have colleagues, you go for like a smoking break or a coffee break, you go together to lunch and it's about this exchange between people and it's about meeting people, which is a human desire. What would you say about this objection against, like there is obviously benefits of decentralization, but there's also benefits of central so what do you think how it's going to work for call centers and especially i think it's not about the call center leaders it's about the agent what do you think an agent will feel like well i think that's really much the same as every other team it's probably much stronger for call and contact centers they are upsides and downsides you're talking about meeting around the coffee machine i agree that's incredibly important and in my team we found workarounds by making the daily call i talk about and i know that colleagues without asking for anyone's permission when they feel like chit-chatting with someone they will just put some time in their calendar for having a casual talk and i think you can apply the same for a contact center it's not because you are distributed that you need to be isolated those two words are not synonym and you can be distributed and still work as a team. I think we need to focus more on the upside because there are some strong upsides on both company and employee side. Company side, managing a contact center is very complex. It's a noisy environment, it's very crowded. I seldom see a contact center where everyone has three square meter space, right? It's very packed, very crowded, very noisy. Yeah, I agree. That's the reality. You get a headache by the end of the day because of the constant buzz that you have around. Plus you have pressure. I mean, contact center, let's be realistic. You probably have more anger angry customers yelling at you than nice customers telling you how fantastic you are, right? That's the reality of the job. So it's a very tough job. Now, what is the upside? Well, when you are distributed, you can choose your own environment. So once again, today we're in pandemic, so you probably don't choose much. You are in your home and whatever room would be quiet. But tomorrow you could move into a hybrid mode where you can really define what your work environment look like. You probably save a lot in terms of transportation time. You can probably have lunch and dinner more often with your spouse and your children than you could in the past because you spend so much time in transportation. I mean, there are so many upsides and like every situation, there are ups and downs and it's for everyone to figure out what they get out of it and how they can make the best out of every situation. But I do believe in the contact center world, there are strong upsides of this new hybrid mode and it can really be beneficial for everyone. I agree. However, it's not that easy for today's people And it's like a mindset shift that I would like really see from not on-premise to cloud, but from that leaders think people need to be in office to be supervised, to empower people. Trust doesn't come naturally. It takes some time to set this up. And it's also for the worker. Like I'm a digital native and I'm running a tech company. So we already had this mindset of 
things need to be documented, we need to be structured, we need to set up project plans, we have a lot of softwares that we work with, but it's about self-organization of your day. And talking about my own experience in the past year, I have the feeling that, first of all, yes, there is virtual events that work. You said you have it with your team for like daily calls, and we have had super fun team events playing real-time geo-guessing games or like real-time riddles where someone was drawing on the PC and the other ones needed to guess what it was. So we had a lot of fun doing that, which means there is this emotional connection to colleagues. I have started working with people that I've never met physically in my life and we are now working for eight, nine months together and I feel that connection between the human but I don't have a physical connection and maybe these things need to separate. Like there is a connection to the company, to colleagues and you can build this connection up via video and video is super important for that but the social contact maybe is different and maybe you will then meet other friends that are locally around you physically for like not in the pandemic of course but afterwards like we talk about the future and i think there is a disentanglement of connection and physical meetings and I agree. I think both are very important. And it really depends on whether you're talking about today or tomorrow. If you're talking about today, yeah, the pandemic makes it difficult. So we have to find workarounds. I'll give you an example. I have three people. I'm managing two teams. I'm managing a marketing team and I'm managing a business development team. And three people across these two teams, I just found out a few days ago, actually, they never really met each other because two of them got recruited during the pandemic. But they had so many nice chats that they decided on their own without involving me at any stage to rent an apartment for a couple of weeks and go together in the south of France with a nice Wi-Fi connection and work in this environment so that they could share more than just work and they could, you know, have drinks together and so on and get to know each other. So even in the pandemic, there are ways to go around it. It's just a matter of, again, empowering people and letting them express themselves. Now, if you talk about tomorrow, I do believe it has to be hybrid, meaning 100% remote work. That would not be my pick. I would still think once a year, maybe once a quarter, depending on the type of company you have and the type of dynamic you want to create, it's great to get people together around a dinner, around a party, around Christmas party, New Year party, whatever that is, to celebrate results, to celebrate success, to celebrate changes. But it's good to get people together. Today is difficult because of the pandemic. But tomorrow, we need to find a way to do the hybrid thing, work from anywhere you like, and every now and then come meet with your team because it's more than just work. If it's more than just work, if you care about your team, if you have that team spirit, people are really going to strive. And I think that's where companies need to go. I tend to see the same things when talking to both clients of Solvemate and other people that the general office space will decrease. That means if you've had 100% of office, still some people, and again, as we said, we talk about tomorrow, people will go back to the office because they have a short traveling way, a short commuting time. They like to see people and you may be as you said, irregularly each week's month or quarter or year have meetings in the office to discuss because it sometimes makes sense to meet physically. If we quickly talk about what you said, the job of the agent in general, and we combine this with this big mega trend of automation. And automation is like something that makes changes each customer service agent's life. How do you think this trend for remote work and automation will change how agents work in the future. First of all, before answering your question directly, I'm going to answer it indirectly. <laughs> These are the best answers. <laughs> <laughs> First, I want to address the fear factor because we've seen it in the industrial world. We've seen it in the supermarket world and we see it in the chatbot and automation in general world. You know, when we started adding machines to the construction lines in the industry, in factories. People get scared because they would lose their job. And that's true. Many people lost their job. But we reinvented other jobs that actually improved 
human and work quality. Same thing happened with cashiers. I remember a few years back when we started implementing, you know, self-service cashier machines where people could scan their objects and it goes much faster and you empower customers to, you know, choose and decide what they want to do. There was a real fear that many people would lose their job and probably some people lost their job, obviously, but it created other jobs and it improved the quality for both people who work there and customers. I see the same with automation, meaning that I think we've been talking about automation for so many years, but 2017, if I recall properly, is the year where everyone started to talk about it over and over and over again. And there was this huge fear factor. You had those people saying chatbots and automation are going to kill contact center and destroy millions of jobs. And you had those other people who were saying that automation is evil because very soon we're going to have killing machines that are going to take over power. And we were in a Terminator movie for some philosophers. Four years later, nice four years, 2021, four years later, let's look back and see what automation has achieved. It has been a difficult journey for many companies to find out what automation they need and how to set it up and why because very often the question is why do I set it up is it for the right reasons or not but now that we're in 2021 what I see is that automation is beneficial for everyone it is beneficial for the end customer because they get faster service better answer, more accuracy. It is beneficial for the company because let's face it, automation is a way to save money, simplify processes, make it really much easier for the managers. But it's even beneficial, and I really want to insist on this one, it is really beneficial for the agent, for the customer service representative. Why? Because now your customer service, instead of answering the same question 50 times a day of where to download my latest invoice, how to change my password, this kind of redundant question that come over and over again without adding much value without challenging the customer service representative to really add value and think about the problem. This is now managed by automation. What the agent does manage, however, is interesting question that really feel like it can help someone and make a difference. So it really has improved everyone's life at every stage of the process. It took a while to get here and there is still much work to do for many companies. Obviously, this is not a job done checked, move on to next yet. But I think automation has been a major beneficial change for the entire industry. Sometimes you just need to let things pause for five seconds to kind of get the point across what you just said. Automation is benefiting every stakeholder in the whole industry. And now we've come the way from remote work, pandemic. We talked about cloud. We talked about disentanglement of office and work and hardware and software and emotions and meeting people. Julien, this was an excellent talk. I'm really thankful for having that chat with you. You're very clearly a progressive mind, a fast thinker and a digital first person. So I hope that our listeners will take a lot of your advice because you're a clear expert and take that to action. Thank you, Julien, for the interview. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for the smart questions because an interview is always much easier when the questions are smartly asked. So thank you so much for that and happy to jump back into another great discussion anytime. Thank you everyone for listening and please don't forget to leave a five-star review if you like the show and have a good day. Bye-bye. <laughs>